the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Good Saturday afternoon to y'all. You are listening to Woods and Water, South Carolina. Taken over by me, Taylor Metz. <laughs> Just kidding. He's Roger Metz is still here with me. Sitting right here beside her. She, <laughs> she can talk a big line while Paul's watching. Yeah, just you're just supervising, right? <laughs> that's right. <laughs> that's what it is. Mm-hmm. Oh, me, but we are welcome into the show today. Super Bowl tomorrow. Who y'all got? Who do you have? Kansas City, all the yeah, way. Yeah, that's about who I've got to. <laughs> so that seems to be the consensus Isn't with it? everyone I'm talking to. Yeah, yeah, I think Kansas City. And then I was listening to a bunch of, and we're not going to talk about the Super Bowl very long. But I was listening to a bunch of like. Oh, I think they had uh, Brett Favre and a bunch of old quarterbacks that I was listening to the other day, and they were talking about it, and said, actually, this, the San Francisco team is probably a little better overall, but when you throw in Patrick Mahomes, it just, you know, he just carries them over the top. Yeah. So there you go. Kansas City, tomorrow. <laughs> y'all, y'all would not know how good a day this has been. Got up this morning, had breakfast with my oldest daughter, came home. Taylor and I went out, got to grab, grab a bite to eat. We're here. It's, it's just fun. And then we're going to go to live PD tonight. I wonder if they ever found that dog in Richland. I don't know. The police dog they lost last night. I guess we'll get an update today. <laughs> does anybody else, does anybody else watch live PD every uh, Friday? Saturday I do night? when I can. Yeah. But yeah. I hate that they gave up Greenville. Yes. Well, <laughs> at least our Columbia <laughs> folks uh, still have representation. Yeah, well, I don't think the, County fathers in Greenville liked it too much. <laughs> oh, how'd, you, how'd y'all like the Jim Shockey show last week? They had a great interview. He is just a just a top notch guy. But I was gonna, you know, we talked about the bandana. You know, us, you know who else wore a, a, a red bandana or a blue bandana? Who? Mike Reno. You won't know who that is, but a lot of say, people out there were who? going, "Oh yeah, Mike Reno, I remember him, <laughs> Loverboy, lead singer for Loverboy, wore a bandana." And I always looked at him going, you look so stupid. But now I look at Jim Shock and I'm like, that's pretty cool. So, you know, <laughs> a, it's all in how you a, look just, at it. He just everything. His perspective. <laughs> His perspective. That's right. Um, okay. Well, we're going to get right into it because last weekend we uh, got down to Anderson. Bass University was in there. Uh, Taylor took some notes. I did. I did not. And <laughs> so... I'm going to turn it over to her. She's going to give you a few things that she uh, picked up from it, and, and they're going to be back next year. They are. I understand that the, 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 everything was really well received, and they're going to do it again. So this is, this is just a little tidbit of hanging out there, what you missed last Saturday and Sunday. And you were there Sunday. Now, Saturday it was Gerald yes. Swindle, Brandon Cobb, and Brian Latimer. And talk, this, talk about them for a little bit. No, let's don't. Well, but you were there talk, here in Gerald's. But we don't have time for this. We only have time for your part of it. The one who took notes. Okay. Gerald, Gerald Swinner is happy to be back on the Bass Elite Series. Brandon's herring uh, 
presentation the morning I understand was in was very very good I didn't get to hear that and and Brian Latimer did boat positioning which was really good which is something everybody needs to learn so mm-hmm. but yeah you go ahead and well do from your thing. what I got so we had on Sunday they had Brian Thrift John Cruz and Matt Airy who we will get to Matt Airy and his news of the latest little partnership with AFTCO. Yes, Matt. Yes. Mm-hmm. But for right now, we're talking about Brian Thrift and what he, he touched on mostly about Topwater. And if you know me, you know I love to you fish love to ploppers. throw a plopper. Yeah. <laughs> but one thing that he did that not many people know about is line memory and how to work it out. On the water line memory. Yes. Very, very cool to hear him talk about the way he does that. He gave two ways, but the one that really stood out was the way he they said, cut off your bait, get in your boat, get on the water, let just idle around yeah. and let the line wind out. And then just kind of reel it back in, you know, kind of putting some pressure on it as you're reeling back in. And that's one thing that's really important that you need to know this, not only the way they fish, but, you know, the down and dirty tactics to get you know <laughs> the little things that the make l- them the good little fishermen. things yeah and his whole thing was you know when you're fishing a prop bait sometimes or a buzz bait it'll roll it'll over roll on over. you mm-hmm. and you get a little bit of line twist it's intentional but it's there and an easy way to get it's just spool about 50 60 yards off while you're idling reel it back on and he said the natural flow of the water and all that would would let that line unravel and straighten out mm-hmm. and then john cruz talked a little bit about something that mm. Not many people know about. I'm going to have to try it this year. Yes. He talked about the spy bait, and he gave a little history on spy bait. Something really interesting. It's like a finesse bait with two props. <laughs> and I'm sitting here, and I'm, see, I'm seeing, I'm seeing the, the PowerPoint he put together, and I'm seeing the images, and I'm like, what is this? <laughs> How do you fish it? But the one thing that really stood out to me was you fish it above the suspended fish. That's right. He uses a 7-6 spinning rod. Which is a long spinning yes. rod. 7-foot-6-inch spinning rod now. Yeah. And just, just the way he explained how to do it. I mean, just fishing over, which is something you never really think about. And the bait itself, when you're reeling it, it's it's slowly. it's like, well, you reel it slow. But it's swiveling back and forth horizontally. Yep. So that was really interesting. Rocking. Rocking. That's what attracts them. And you, ha- you got one, didn't you? you guys I have it? three. <laughs> I, I think I was given two, and I bought one because I think last year up on one of the northern lakes, they uh, they used them a lot. I've actually thrown it down here, and I had no clue what I was doing. <laughs> I'll be quite honest with you. When he got up there and uh, and started talking about it, I'm like, yes, now I'll have an idea of what to do with a spy bait because earlier I was just throwing it out there and reeling it back, which is essentially what you do. Yes. But there's a little more purpose in what he was talking about. There is. Okay. Yeah. All right, <laughs> and then Matt Airy talked about the one-two punch around the spawn time. And pre-spawn. 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 Yes. And he does. He throws a swim bait in there, and he, then he, his swim bait. Yes, his edge. swim bait. Yes. And he'll say they come up and roll up on it, but never take it. And when that happens, he goes back in there with a rack with a wacky rig. Yep. Let's it sit there for about a minute, twitch it a couple times. He says sometimes those big girls will just come up and take it. That's before they get up on the bed, you know. When mm-hmm. they get up on the bed, they're easy to target. But a lot of times they're the bucks on the bed, and the big girl, you know, she just kind of appears and vanishes and appears again. And and he, yeah, he said, you know, sometimes I'll take a fetch. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll take it. 
But he said a lot of times he uses that to, to locate a fish and then he'll pitch that wacky worm in it, which is, I never realized, you know, we watched Brandon Cobb last mm-hmm. year on Hartwell. He caught a lot of his fish on a wacky rig. He did. It running parallel to the bank, <clears throat> just throwing it out in front and bringing it to him. Of course, he was on the trolling motor, so it didn't come very far. That's <laughs> one thing about Brandon. He's he and Brian Thrift, man. They're on the trolling motor. They're on the trolling motor. But uh, I was amazed last year watching Brandon how many fish he called on Wacky mm-hmm. Rig. Some things, some things, especially hearing them talk from personal experience and giving their tips on how to do it. Just hearing the way they do it. You know, this is this is their exact tactic that they use, and it it shows in their tournaments that they fish. Yep. You know, and it's it's so cool, and I'm so glad I was able to go and take notes because that's going to help me out a lot. Good. Spring. You can take notes for both of us. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, and it's a really cool story. Justin, the, the guy that kind of runs past you and has for the past, he's got a really neat story that goes all the way back to the classic in 2015 when he was here. That's when he met Mike Iaconelli, who is one of the guys behind Bass University. And the way he got to run it, was really, really cool, and he told me all about it. I'm not going to ruin it because we're going to have Justin on before the next Bass U comes through and uh, and let him tell it because it would be good. a lot better coming from him than me, <laughs> so, which is one thing about the Jim Shockey interview. I didn't have to talk very much. He talked, oh, it's just great. I mean, I how many questions I asked him, four or five at the mm-hmm. most? But that's a good interview, folks. I'm sorry as, as much as – you know, I'm here and all. I'd rather hear somebody else talk a whole lot more than me. Especially Jim Shockey. Of all yes, people. <laughs> of all people. Had some really good things to say. It's on the website. The podcasts are up there, folks. Go find them. Woodsandwatersc.com. All right. Break. Back on the other side with more Woods and Water South Carolina. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. That's you. Hope you make it next year. Switching gears from bass fishing. Well, I guess we're really not deer hunting. Deer season's over with. But is deer season really ever over with? No, it's not. No, it's not. No, it's not. So this fits right in, right? It does. Hey, we're going to welcome Rick Counts. Uh, he is the regional director for South Carolina, North Carolina, back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. I know Rick said he was recovering from a bad cold or the flu, so... If you call for sneeze, Rick, people have been warned. All right. Well, I appreciate it. <laughs> Thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. Thank you for doing it. Um, man, QDMA, we got a lot going on this year, don't we? Yeah, we continue to try to evolve and get better every year. Yeah. Um, what um, – something kind of cool going on. Now, this is in conjunction with Seaweed, the Southeastern Wildlife Exposition Center. What have we got – QDMA, they're doing a fundraiser down there, and it's a pretty cool one. Yes, uh, we went in with Southeast Wildlife Expo, and we're raffling off a StarCraft Multi Oak 19BH camper. It's um, around about $20,000 camper, okay. and we're selling tickets for $100, and we're only selling 400 tickets. So it's a great chance to win a nice item that you can use for 
camping or pleasure or if you want to take it to the hunt club or whatever. <laughs> That's right. Um, I, I'm assuming you're going to be down at Seaweed this year, as always. I will. Okay. I'll be down there all three days. Gotcha. Where where is uh, where is this going to be? Where can people is there at Seaweed? Of course, you can actually you don't have to be at Seaweed to do it to buy a ticket, do you? Right. You can go on the Seaweed website and search for uh, win a camper. Okay. Uh, or you can go to seaweed.com slash, uh, forward slash camper and sign up that way. And then also we've been sending out emails through our QDMA uh, emails through <clears throat> to all of our members in Georgia, okay. North Carolina, South Carolina. So we've kind of spread it out a little bit to some people. And uh, we still got tickets available. Where is the camper going to be at Seaweed? The camper will be at Brittlebank Park. Uh, it's right there on Longwood or Lockwood, I think it's Lockwood called Lockwood Drive. Drive. Yep. Very good. Well, I know you're not feeling too good, but I appreciate you taking a few minutes for me, Rick. Um, we're going to get back on before uh, the Whitetail weekend. Talk about that a little bit. That sounds good. How was your? By the way, how was your deer season? I didn't catch up with you after season. What'd you, what'd you end up with? Or, well, I ended up uh, taking out a, a seven point that had three legs. Uh, felt uh, a little bad for him. Yeah, I t- took him out and took a doe or two, and that's about it. I still have all my tags. <laughs> <laughs> I'm kind of proud of it. Taylor over here is the one that 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 put meat in the freezer this year. Uh-huh. So, oh, <laughs> it is good. Uh, but, yeah, folks, I'm, I'm telling you, I appreciate it, Rick. You go back, get on the couch, enjoy your afternoon, and uh, and we'll talk to you soon. Yes, sir. Thank you all. Yes, sir. Good enough. Bye. Bye. Uh, I am, I am. you know, I joined, I don't know I was coerced into joining. Coerced. It was slightly less than mob mentality when I was told that I was joining QDMA, the Foothills chapter. You got cornered in, basically. Something like that. And <laughs> and then then it was suggested that I become part of the planning committee or board or whatever we've got. So it kind of, you know, railroaded comes to mind, you know. but That it, might be the right phrase. Could be. But let me tell you what. We were having our... our uh, one of our planning meetings last fall for the banquet, sitting at, I think it was Tipsy Taco, I believe over here, or a taco place off Augusta Road, and we were talking about the banquet and, and fundraising and where the money was going to go, and, and they were like, you know, let's we need, we need to do something a little different this year. And so we were sitting there throwing around ideas of what we could do with some of that money. And John Stillwell, our our President, he said, well, what do you think? And I was on one end of the table. Uh-oh, and I knew I was going to forget his name. Oh, he's one of the founding partners, uh, managing partners for Pintel Partnership. Um, name escapes me. Oh, this is horrible. Hate this. Maybe somebody can text it to you. I doubt it. Uh, I can look up. But anyway, we were sitting on opposite ends of the table, and he, um, at almost the same moment, we said, hey, what about summer camps? And it was like, that is great, because that is something that I've always in, 
enjoy talking about and always wanted to do. And, and there was an opportunity and, and both of us at the same time said, Hey, <laughs> let's do summer camps. So we did. We, um, we decided to scholarship three campers or, or it could be, let's see, three or four campers. That's right. Because Camp Wildwood, which is the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources camp, is um, is $200 for the first session every year, which is a steal. And then it's $300 for the year two and 300 for year three. So we decided to sponsor a kid to first camp, second camp, third camp. It could turn into four first-year camps depending on who needs the money because they, they screen and all that. And then we decided that we would do two scholarships to Camp Woody, which is down in Remini, South Carolina, Pinewood, if you want to put it that way. So um, that's what we did. Man, I can't find the email. I knew I wouldn't be able to find the email. Just as soon as I – oh, well. Apologies to my fellow QDMA members. I'll find it over the break. You know, I could search this thing, couldn't I? <laughs> That's what that little thing. Anyway, uh, so talk amongst yourselves. No, while he no, does no, this. no, no, no. We're good. So anyway, that's what we did. So we presented those checks. Ross Kester. There we go. Hello. Thank you. Search button. Ross Kester was the was the other one. And the, and and John I wish kinda, everybody could see her face. No. <laughs> We're on Facebook Live. They can see it. Plenty of people can see oh, it. Oh, good. D- Davy Height just joined Taylor. There you go. Davy Heights. Davy's hey, watching. Davey. We'll see. I'll see Davy next Friday. Okay. You don't. You don't. I take it she's not. She's not. No, I'm not. And so that's why he feels the need to, to mention it. Well, I'll oh, rub it know, in a little. Exactly. Yeah, it's an important person that joined our Facebook Live here. So an important person that I will not get to see next Friday. But you'll get to see him this year. The classic is just a month away. So you'll be there and you'll see Davy, I'm sure. So anyway, back to what we were talking about. So we presented those checks over the past couple of weeks um, to Mr. Maynard down at SCWA and to Dan Dupree with Camp Wildwood. And if you want to get with an organization that is that is not only interested in quality deer management, which is a healthy deer per population, but in, in doing other things. we got an oyster roast coming up. If you're interested in joining our oyster roast, uh, let me know here, Roger at Woods and Water SC. I'll copy on the emails, and you can join us for our upcoming oyster roast, which is March the 26th, I believe. Brewery 85, Ralph 35. So, all right, enough of that. What else? Oh, got to say a word here. Don't cry. I'm good. I'm You're good. You're good? I'm good. Okay, because it, it caught you the other day. It did. It caught me. caught me, Lawson Tillman. Yeah, it caught, it, it, caught, it caught a lot of people. It caught a lot of people. <clears throat> um, and that is mm, Forrest Wood had a massive heart attack a little more than a week ago and passed away at the age of 87. And if that name does not mean anything to you, it sh- well, I'm not saying it should, but I mean, it's goodness gracious. Uh, what he's done for the fishing industry, I mean, in my opinion, it, it wouldn't be a fishing industry if it weren't for Forrest. Not at all. I mean, I want I want to do something a little more, but I'll give you the. Forrest was 87, 
been married for 67 years to Nina, who who really reminds me of Grandmama. Mm-hmm. She's, I feel like Mr. Wood and Miss Nina, they were like grandparents to everybody. To everybody. That's exactly right. They were everybody's grandparents. And um, But, you know, one thing that I wanted to take a little time and talk about, and I will later on, is, uh, you know, in 1972, there was a fire. He had started Ranger Boat Company in, uh, I believe it was 70 or 71. And in 72, there was a fire, and it burned everything except for the plans on his desk. But Forrest was a man who, um, he did business with a handshake. And when you shook his hand, you knew exactly what was behind it, that he was as good as that handshake. He was as good as the word. I, I met him for the first time August of 2014, and um, at the FLW Cup in Columbia got a picture with him on the red carpet, and you got a picture of him that Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. You and Jordan and Nina and Forrest yeah. at the Ranger booth. And uh, so anyway, yes, he um, is going to be sorely missed. My goodness, I, you know, he was a fixture. He was a, a fixture in the bass fishing industry. But we're going to do something a little more than that about Forrest Wood here on this show. And um, but yeah, just keep. Nine of the Wood family and your thoughts and prayers. Uh, Flipping Arkansas. What a what a legacy. And if you if you read anything online about Forrest that anybody has written, <clears throat> it, it is indeed a legacy. Mm-hmm. So okay, made it through that. <laughs> I don't like that. David Strickland. Forrest was one of my heroes growing up. Wasn't he? I think he was everybody's hero. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And that was the really cool thing about it. It, it was when it when the news came on. It was like, I mean, you 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 felt for the family and all, but if you ever met him, you felt it personally too. <laughs> How you sit down and talk to Nina Forrest would be up on stage doing something at the FLW Cups or or at the booth or something. I'd run, I'd kind of slink over the side, Miss Nina, and talk. We talk about things. <laughs> things. A lot what of those things are. Yeah, you'll never know. You will it's never just know. Just between me and her. <laughs> Bowling. She loved to bowl. She did up to a couple of years ago. She was an avid bowler. All right. Well, we're running short on this one. Um, at least it says it up there. Yeah, 40 seconds left. So we're not going to try to get anything else in this one. Just leave it right there, Iron Forest Woods. But uh, incidentally, the next up, we're going to talk to Brandon Cobb. We are. Who stood on the stage with Forrest a bunch at FLW. So, all right. Y'all hang on. We're going to go to a break. We come back. Brandon Cobb's on the road. Check this cell phone signal. It looks good. And we'll talk about the upcoming Elite Series. See you on the other side. Donnie Iris. Whoa. Good job. There's your there's your music trivia of the day. Oh, it's kind of easy when you pick this stuff. You kind of have to know who it is. <laughs> Some people out there going, oh, this guy knows a lot about rock and roll music from the 80s and 90s. I pick all my bumper music, folks, so don't give me any credit that I'm not due. <laughs> all right. Well, he, he's, he's running down I-95 around Jacksonville, Florida. So we don't want to keep him waiting too long. 
Brandon Cobb, how are you, my friend? I'm doing good. I'm ready to get to Florida. You're ready to get to Florida. That's that's a haul, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, it was a little over six hours, so not too bad. Not not anything compared to what I have to do often. Yes, yes. Yeah, you're talking, what, Texas Fest this year and then all the way up to uh, you know, Waddington, New York. Yeah, I think I, I think uh, Waddington is probably my farthest one. I think it's about 16 hours or yep. so. We're considering being there. Don't know if we're going to make it, but we're thinking about making that haul. It's an unbelievable place to fish. Well, of course, we won't be fishing. <laughs> Sadly. Sadly, no fishing for us. We just come in and watch you guys fish. <laughs> it's a cool place. Actually, everybody, when they think about up north there, all us from down in South Carolina, you know, our area, you don't think of how country it is up there. And it's probably the most, like, out there country there is up around Champlain and some of the areas up there. So you feel right at home, do you? Oh, yeah, I like being up there. I, Champlain, you have to be careful because a lot of places, they don't have power if you go to book them. Oh, really? Yeah, it, it, it's out there, especially around Champlain in the mountains up there. Wow. My wife said, Facebook couldn't hear who you're interviewing. Oh, we got Brandon Cobb on, people. Listen up, Debbie. Listen <laughs> up. Uh, well, look, you're, you're, you you kind of knocked a little bit of rust off. Uh, a couple weeks ago with a with an open down there in Florida. So as you told me, you didn't have to go back and reload the boat. It was just kind of, you know, spray it down and, and get back on the road. St. John's last year, you, you got off to a good start, and somewhere along the way you said you zigged when you should have zagged or zagged when you should have zigged. Are you going to be fishing? I mean, is it going to be a lot like last year? It's kind of hard to say. As of now, it's a pretty, it's a good bit colder than it was last time we were here. But it's supposed to be a warming trend as the week progresses, which okay. that's exactly the same thing that happened last time. And practice was terrible last time. I mean, not just for me. I mean, talking to everybody, it, it was a it was a struggle up till the tournament, and the fish kind of pulled up the spawn. Right. The difference is this time is. It is going to warm up, but I don't think it's going to be quite to the extent it did this previous year. Okay. So I think it's going to definitely get better as the week goes, but I don't know if it's going to turn out to an all-out slugfest like it was last year. And they, they tanked some big fish last year down there. Oh, yeah, and, and it's kind of unbelievable that it got so good in the tournament because truly in practice, I mean, obviously we're all fishermen, so we all – we all make up some stories and stuff throughout practice, but for the most part, truly the people I talk to, I mean, the guys I travel with and all that, they were really just not biting. And then I know for a fact last year, I really didn't find anything in all of practice. I found one area that had some eelgrass, which is, the, that's the main thing the fish like down here, but the eelgrass had died last year. So there wasn't uh, hardly any there, and I found one area with a little bit of eelgrass and had like one bite in it. Okay. I'm like, well, I don't have anything else. We'll just start there. And when I pulled up on like, the first morning, it had been warm all night, warm the day before. There was three to eight pounders everywhere. Oh gosh! And that happened. That happened in one day. So I think it's gonna be kind of a situation like that, just maybe not quite to the extent it was last year. Well, all I gotta say is make sure you make it to Saturday this year. 
Yeah. That's good. Well, I'm gonna, I'm planning to get down there sometime Friday, and uh, like I said, I hope to see you out there on Saturday. Cool. I, I hope I, um, I hope I make it. Yep. <laughs> we do too. Now, kind of switching gears here. So, the classic this year is Lake Gunnersville. We were there in Correct. 2017 when you finished sixth with FLW when it was freezing cold. Cold. We couldn't get a media boat. <laughs> Woo. I remember y'all being there. Yeah. Yeah. It was it was so cold and windy that Joe wouldn't let us have a media boat that day. Yeah, it was miserable. That final it wasn't bad until that day. Yes, the final day. It yeah. was horrible. Um, what what are your thoughts on the classic? What how you think it's what kind of turnout you think it's going to be? As a rookie. Yeah. On the classic. But now, but yeah, now let's. As a rookie. As, but let's. They don't classify me as a rookie. I'm no. a rookie at the classic. You're a yeah, rookie, you're rookie at the classic, at the classic but, yeah. But you're no rookie when it comes to fishing big tournaments because, my goodness, you made every FLW Cup the whole time you were there. Yeah, but the uh, the classic this time, I think it's going to be on a whole nother level. With it being the 50th anniversary, anniversary and it being in Birmingham, I mean, Alabama is a fishing state. I it mean, is. that's it just is. every lake you go to there is good. Everybody fishes. I think the numbers are going to be astronomical compared to what they have been. I mean, I think last year when it was in Tennessee, it, it was some of the record numbers. But yes. I, I think it's going to be real big. The fishing, I think the fishing will be pretty good. The one thing versus we were talking about the tour that year, I don't think – I think the fish are going to be a lot farther along. I think that was early February. Oh, it was, yeah, it was like the cold. first weekend in February, yep. Yeah, that's right. And the, the fish this time, we're in March, and it can still be very cold. But even if it – it can be just as cold, but it's so much later in the year that the fish are going to be getting ready to do their springtime things. Like, so they're going to be coming up. It, I, I think the – the weights will be pretty good for that tournament. It'll be uh, it'll, it'll be a changing daily type time. Though. It'll be a cool tournament because yeah. of that. I think that time of year is probably one of the biggest changes in the year. Gotcha. I gotcha. Well, somebody wanted to know if that new wrap on your boat and truck is going to help you catch big fish all year long. <laughs> I hope so. The blue, I think it's going to look like the blue sky, so they're not going to see me. <laughs> And, and, and that's gonna be the whole. That's the whole technique. It's mossy oak blue. I mean, they're gonna think I'm the water, the sky, like blending in, you know. Which is which is mossy oak. You're now with mossy oak fishing. That's right. That's that's right. My first year with mossy oak. I'm excited. It's mossy oak. One of those things. I mean, growing up fishing hunting, it, it wasn't a big fishing thing when I was young. But you know, I bore mossy oak. Sure. I was five years old going hunting with my dad. It's pretty cool to be with a company like that. That. I've never, never really thought about uh, about partnering with, or that I would have the opportunity to until a few things have gone right over the last few years. It's cool to be with a company I've known for so long. And your first year in the Toyota, it compliments. It I'm driving my Toyota now. Compliments like of the Texas Toyota Fest last year. That's right. Yep, I got uh, Britt Myers up at CS Motorsports to make it. Fancy for me. Never really had a fancy truck, so I got <laughs> wheels and a lift and a bed cover and all that. So it's uh pretty cool. It's driving driving good. This is the first this is actually my first trip of the year. When I went to Florida the other week I had to I was getting the wrap for right. the truck, so I didn't I didn't have it. It's my first trip of the year with it. Yep. Well cool. I understand you can't see over the hood worth a flip. 
it, it's taken some getting used to seeing. I've never had a bed cover and all this. I feel like I'm driving driving army thing. <laughs> It's big. It's 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 way bigger bigger and flashier than anything I've ever been that, in. But it's pretty cool. It's uh it's a cool truck. It's a cool truck. Well, look, we got about three minutes left. I got a question for you. I uh we gave away gave away a rod on the show a couple weeks ago, and I met the guy and delivered it. And I said, "Is there anything you want to talk about on the show that we haven't?" He says, "I need advice." He said, "All this rain has turned every place I go to fish into a big mud puddle." And I'm getting really frustrated. Mm-hmm. So in two minutes, tell me what he needs to be doing right now with all this muddy water. All right. One cool thing about the muddy water that it does is, like, I went to Greenwood earlier this week. So I uh, I kind of got some experience lately with it. The muddy water makes, e- even though it's winter time, fish should be in their kind of normal deep places. When it gets muddy like that, it makes a lot of the fish go extremely shallow. Like we caught the fish pretty good on Greenwood Wednesday, and we got 47 to 49 degree water, but we caught them in two and three foot feet. Wow. Wow. So it pulls a lot of the fish up to the bank. Actually, some of the best fishing we get is when the lakes do get muddy. You kind of want to look for muddy water, especially like the lower end of the lake's dirty, which doesn't happen often. So it right. makes those fish bite real well. But what can be tricky is fresh muddy water. Fresh muddy water is generally bad. Okay. But at this point, the mud's been in the lake for long enough, and it's kind of first some, and it's a stable muddy water. So you're kind of looking for that dirty water, but stable. It just looks, it doesn't look soupy. It looks uh, just kind of stained, and that's the, that can be really good fishing in the winter. You just got to treat it more. The fish are usually closer to, like, that springtime type bite. And what are you catching them on, Brandon? Um, this past week of Greenwood, I called on a Yozuri crankbait, just a small crawfish-colored crankbait, and a Yozuri jerkbait. We caught the water had cleared up just enough for the jerkbait. Jerkbait is not a muddy water bait, but if it was extremely dirty where we are, we cranked, and if it was a little bit clear, we use the jerkbait. Very good. Jackie, that's just for you, buddy. <laughs> I hope you can get to get out there in that muddy water and catch some fish now. <laughs> Thank you so much, Brandon, for taking the time to talk to us today. I know you're on your way down there, Florida, ready to be down there, but thank you for taking that time to talk to us. No problem. Thank y'all for having me on. Have a good time. Great. We'll do it again um, mid-season or maybe before the Classic, and we'll see you on the water soon, buddy. Take care. Sounds good. I'll see you this weekend. All right, Brandon. We all hang on through the break. Hang on through the break. We are going to come back with calendar of events and a couple more news stories. That's it. Welcome back to Woods and Water, South Carolina. I have lost my calendar of events. <clears throat> Who knows? Shame on you. Well, I mean, I had it just a little while ago. But I don't have it now. So go ahead and start with yours. Let me look over here. You want me to start? Yes. All right. Okay. All right. Well, starting off, we've got Thursday, February 6th, is going to be the Greenville Ducks Unlimited Dinner and Banquet. And that will be 6.30 to 10, 30, to 10 o'clock p.m. Um, St. George... Greek Orthodox Church, um, 406 North Academy Street, Greenville, South Carolina. You you okay there, Dad? I'm good. Okay. To buy tickets, go to www.ducksystem.com, and you've got only a couple of days left, so if you would like to do that, 
Go ahead, get on that. Like, Dad's got to get on his yes. calendar. Okay, ready for this? <laughs> Valentine's Day couples climb. Friday, February 14th at 5.30, meet at the Lighthouse Complex. This would be at, uh, oh, great. <laughs> Forget that. I don't know where that is. It's a Lighthouse climb. <laughs> Can I tell you where it is? It's where lighthouses no, normally no, are. Where lighthouses, it is. Yeah. Meet at, it's Honey Island State Park. Hello. It's right there. <laughs> Honey Island State Park, Valentine's Day. You and your significant other <clears throat> can go climb the lighthouse. You must be 44 inches tall. Okay. Got that. Pre-registration is required. Contact the Nature Center at Honey Island State Park. Quit laughing. You good? What else you got? Okay. Tuesday, February 11th at 5.30 to 7 p.m. Um, the Trail Talk Tuesday, hosted by Palmetto Conservation Foundation. Um, you can get tickets by going to eventbrite.com. Yes. That looks like a very, very interesting. I kind of want to go to that. You want to go to that? No. Okay. <laughs> Never mind. I can't. No, I can't. I have to work sometimes, remember? Uh, Do you really? Yes, I have to. Camp registration is open. Camps across South Carolina. We've got some good ones. You mentioned earlier Camp Wildwood, which is a DNR camp. 100 campers first year, and they invite 20 back for second, 20 back for third. Uh, camp Wild, Camp Woody has camps running all through the summer, junior and senior high camps. And went down and toured Camp Woody with Steve Maynard, who is the new director of camp operations down there. And I'll, he's going to be joining me in the next couple of weeks to talk about Camp Woody, so we won't belabor that point. But there's another camp in South Carolina that that uh, actually has five camps. It's the Clemson Youth Learning Institute Camp. Uh, adventure summer camps in Sunset, South Carolina, six days of extreme outdoor adventure, hiking, rock climbing, whitewater rafting, canopy tour, zip line, and more in the beautiful Blue Ridge Mountains of North and South Carolina. Age 10 to 16, then you've got 4-H summer camp, which is like the traditional camp, you know, where you roll the canoe over and your, you know, your counselor thinks that you've drowned or something. I didn't just say that. We didn't do that to our camp counselors at all. Uh, a South Carolina tradition for more than 50 years includes traditional camp activities such as swimming, water slide, tubing, and <laughs> <clears throat> yes, archery. <laughs> And other adventure courses, age 8 to 14. There's a shorter mini camp session available for younger campers, age 6 to 9. Camp Voyager. In Pickens, South Carolina, South Carolina, the digital world meets the real world in a summer adventure pack with technology, science, adventure courses, games, and more. Campers will, campers will engage in virtual reality with Oculus Quest, program Lego Mine. What? Mr. Axon Jackson. Oh, tell him to stay away. Making, making faces yes, at you. Yes, reality with Oculus Quest. Lego Mindstorm and XT robot. Live radio. And drive their team's <laughs> Fero robot during competitions. When combined with our arcade and game roof, Nerf Wars, Gaga Ball, Zipline, and Team Course, a dream truly becomes reality. Age 9 to 15. Camp Seawee is in Almondall, South Carolina. Explore the wonders of marine science and the South Carolina coast. Explorations include in an ecology crabbing, cast netting, trips to the South Carolina Aquarium, and local water parks, surfing, and recreational beach day, age 8 to 16. And the final one is my favorite, Camp Wildlife, 
which is uh, in Somerton, South Carolina, which is there where close to where uh, Woody is. Um, sporting clays, archery, ATVs, and more for those who want to participate and discover the great outdoors, age 8 to 14. So there you go, Clemson Youth Learning Institute. Go yeah. ahead. So the last thing for the calendar this week is Wednesday, February 12th, from 6 p.m. to 9 p.m. We've got the Wild Game Banquet hosted by East Cooper Baptist Church. Um, tickets are $10. To get tickets, go to eastcooperbaptist.com. That is it for the calendar. Not quite. Or, oh, you have one. I have one more. I can manufacture things out of thin air, which is where my my, my calendar well. just went. I have no clue where my calendar events went to. <laughs> This is why you always bring more information to the show than you'll ever need, folks. In case you ever want to start a radio show, you bring three times as much stuff as you ever think you'll get to because you never know when you'll need it. Aha. See? Aha. Turkey lottery hunt sites and dates. The applications are open on the DNR website. So you can choose from locations like Belfast, WMA, Bonaferry, Donnelly, Santee Cooper, Watery River Heritage Preserve. All those hunts are like either April 1st, 8th, 15th, 22nd, or 29th, or 8th, 15th, 22nd, 29th. There's one in here for May 5th, which is Donnelly. And then Turkey Youth multi-site applications. So I assume that turkeys and youth you can apply, but Belfast, Bonaferry, Donnelly, Santee Cooper, and Watery, same, and they start earlier, uh, March the 28th, April 4th. And then uh, April 4th, March 28th, they had to alternate back and forth all the way to May 2nd. And uh, in case, and we're going to have Charles Ruth on here to talk about this, and we may have some other, because I'm not a big turkey hunter, sorry. I just, wrong time of the year for me to turkey hunt, which is why I gave up quail hunting. And bird dogs went to Kansas. Last I heard, one of my bird dogs was in Chicago, Illinois. And the other one was somewhere in West Alabama. Hmm. Of course, they're probably, probably the last pair I had probably probably gone by now. Good dogs, man. I love training bird dogs. I love running bird dogs. That's a lost. That's a lost uh, heritage for a lot of people in South Carolina hmm. is having wild birds, and they're making a big cup where they're trying to make a comeback. The South Carolina Bob White Quail Initiative. In fact, I got my invitation to go to Web Center. I think it's in March, March 11th or 12th or something. Uh, turkey, ta- just for your information, turkey tags are no longer free. I know a lot of people out there just threw up their hands and decided they're not going to turkey in anymore. Look, it's it's $5 for South Carolina resident for a set of three, okay? Managing wildlife costs money. And as hunters, we pay the lion's share of that. And I don't, I've never understood... Why people would complain about a $5 turkey tag. But anyway, it's $5 this year, $100 for non-resident for two tags. Youth under 16 and lifetime senior, off your phone, gratis disability licenses may receive a free set of tags by request annually. So you can get a free set of tags if you stay off your phone. Um, <laughs> not when I'm texting my mother. Tell her to quit texting you while you're on the show. All right. So, yeah, that is the, the calendar events for this week. We still have other things to talk about. But we did get to our agenda for today. Yes, we got through most of our agenda for today. We still have lots of things that we didn't get to talk about, but we'll just carry those over for this year. That's something for you to do. 
if you'd like something. I, I don't. I, I love how you just throw this at me. Well, read through it. I'm going to do my little thing here. Uh, we have a great fishery in South Carolina, <laughs> a great trout fishery in South Carolina. Got a uh, news release from the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources uh, back on Friday, January 17th, that they have uh, stocked the Saluda River near Columbia with thousands of trout. So the South Carolina Department of Natural Resources Freshwater Fisheries Division has started the process of stocking, stocking thousands of catchable size 8 to 11 inch trout in the lower Saluda River near Columbia, which is one place I need to go fish. It's right there. I'm in, I was in Columbia yesterday. I mean, right, I, but it was raining. This, I'm not going to go there. <laughs> the rainbow and brown trout that are raised and transported from the Walhalla State Fish Hatchery in Oconee County will be delivering by truck, delivered by trucking fish to four locations in the upper two-thirds of the river. The cold waters released from the bottom of Lake Murray provide suitable habitat for trout, creating a unique and very popular fishery in the middle of South Carolina. So there are going to be 30,000 trout per year. From December through February, it's what's called a put, grow, and take, which is really interesting because when we were at CIFWA, they actually have found that there is some reproducing populations of trout in the Slur Slur River because the water coming out from under the Lake Murray Dam is so cold that it stays cool enough all year long. So pretty cool fishery. Go ahead. You are just, trout is your thing. I know. And you kind of rubbed off on me. Anyway, so we've got, with CB coming up, there is a win a scout. Win a scout mode. Yes. Happens every year. It says win a 2020 Scout 195 sport fish boat during the 2020 Southeastern Wildlife Exposition. Um, raffle tickets are $100 and only 650 are available for purchase. Our winner will be drawn on Sunday. And it says during the event, but it says you do not need to be present to win. That's right. That's a that's a mm, that's a cool thing. That is a cool thing. They do it every year. Scout donates a boat, or I get, yeah, I guess they get paid for it out of the proceeds. But anyway, <laughs> it's a good thing. Do anything we didn't get to? I don't know. You're the one that mm, that you know. Trivia question for you from your bass, you. Oh boy. Who invented the buzz bait? Oh oh. Oh Don't boy. look. Oh, boy. Come on. Oh, boy. He's a South Carolina. Oh boy. South Carolina guy. I know this. I know this. Lives on Lake Wiley. I know this. Well, we have two minutes. Two minutes for me to wrap my brain about this. Okay. No, we don't have two minutes. Paul says we have one minute. Paul, give me give me time. Give me, give me time. Nope. We're hey, at 58 radio seconds. don't wait for anybody. <laughs> 55 seconds. I'm, I'm out. I don't know. I don't know. I lose that trivia this week. Last name begins by an A. Remember, I I know I know he talked about it, and I cannot remember his name for the life of me. Todd Alton. Todd Alton, thank you. <laughs> oh, I was actually won't forget that. No, now. she won't forget that now. Being put on put in under pressure on live radio. Uh, I was up at Andy's and Andy's doing a buzz bait. It'd be pretty good. Thank you. You're Appreciate you being here. Appreciate everybody listening. Hope you enjoyed the show. If you did, come back next week. We'll have more. Until then, make time to get out there. Take the back roads when you can. Don't forget the camera. See you next week on More Woods and Water, South Carolina. Yes, I'm